if you're not connected to the customer, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't see how you can defend that you're a customer advocate. Welcome to AV Testing Podcast, your modern testing podcast. Your hosts, Alan and Brent, will be here to guide you through topics on testing, leadership, agile, and anything else that comes to mind. Now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Howdy. I'm Alan. And I'm Brent. And here we're back to our normal intro while Brent types while I'm talking yet again. One minute in. I'm already pissed off at you, Brent. Uh, uh, that's a record. Yeah. No, well, usually it's no, it's not a record. It's not. Unfortunately, it's not a record. No, I, I mean, I lasted that long. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. I was uh, but I was blabbering on a, a previous incantation of today's podcast. When I decided I was going to do the whole thing without you. I was talking about how mechanical keyboards have made me not type when I'm on meetings, but apparently not you. You're just rude. How you been, man? How you been? Hey, we are. It's just the two of us today. If you're looking for our guest, I, I'm looking around my I don't have one here. Brent, do you have one there? Uh, no. Nah, it's just us. Sorry. Well, if you want to. Unless, unless you count that. Well, Brent has a bottle of wine and I have a beer. What is that? It's a Lucille. Oh. From Georgetown Brewery. Wasn't that Kenny Rogers' song? Yeah, you picked a fine time to drink me, Lucille. Right. <laughs> this is our first Just Us podcast of 2022. Yeah, it's... Uh, I think it is, man. So we're going to have Anne-Marie back sometime because she was great, but... She was uh, awesome. Um, here's a secret. Here's a, shh, shh. Brent and I talk too much. <laughs> he says Brent and I talk too much. I Yeah. So let's um, go let's go review the transcript. So here's the deal. We <laughs> we love to have guests on our podcast, but just to be clear, because some of you maybe last time was the first one, you thought, holy crap, these guys suck at interviewing. True, true and guilty. We don't do an interview podcast. I'm no Tim Ferris, and that's obvious on multiple accounts, but what we do is it's more like, you know, remember um ah crap, what's his face? Michael. Michael Hunter? No, 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 no. The one that said we sounded like two guys sitting around drinking beer talking about testing. Why am I spacing on his name? Alan here with an edit. I was thinking of Michael Larson. Sorry, Michael. Uh, I'm impressed that you remembered it was Michael. And I met him and I feel really, really stupid. But anyway... That's kind of what we do. We kind of, it's like sitting around talking about testing. It's not an interview show. And if you thought that was rambly and us talking too much about random stuff, if this is only your second time listening, welcome to AB Testing, your home <laughs> for random crap Brent and Allen talk about. Yeah. Yeah. If you expected someplace else, you probably have selected the wrong podcast in Spotify. Yeah, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. So um, I don't think it's much new for me. I have one quick story to tell. I went to the office today. Brent is in his office. This is the second time I've gone to the office in the last two years. There was about five people there. I got a lot of work done. It was weird. I'm going to try and go back more often. uh, But wow, it's going to take a while to get used to the world again. Anything uh, cool and new with you, Brent? where, Where is your office now? Bellevue? Have you ever been there? Didn't I invite you once for a recording a long time ago? No, I thought you moved out of the... No, Lincoln Square South. Still there. 
No, oh, no, no, no. Oh, you were, last... in the, you were in the old, old one by the old Toys R Us. We're right. literally four blocks from the last off last desk I had at Microsoft. I'm one building over. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So Lincoln Square, I have not been into. Yeah. All the non-Seattle people. You can look it up on Google Maps if you want, but it doesn't matter. I went to the office. It was uh, interesting. I might go back again sometime. I'd love to actually go one day a week eventually and like, you know, for a couple hours, just check it out. It's fun. Yeah, I, I've I've been coming into office for all of the COVID period except maybe a month. Yeah, it's interesting, right? A lot of people. So Microsoft is now back to stage six, where we're fully reopened. And for people me, that for people that want to go back. Yeah, let me show you what fully reopened looks like. Brent is showing me the parking lot, and I do see two cars, three cars. Four cars yep. in the entire parking lot, which you normally, I've been to that building, I, you cannot get a parking spot in. And what's no. also interesting is, Brent, you have probably been, in more, again, more information that has absolutely zero context for anyone listening. Isn't this fun? Brent, <laughs> how long have you been in Studio X? Uh, four years now, I think. I've, I don't think in my 22 years at Microsoft, I was never in a single building for four years, ever. But you've had the same job for four years or five years, right? No, actually, I am. Wait, did you change jobs? No. Um, Are you an S debt now? No. <laughs> I, I, I quickly had the load. I'm like, S debt. Because actually, we don't even. So SDE isn't even a title anymore. It's now SWE. I have. Software engineer. So when you and I last worked together, I am now in the job that I have been in the longest in my career. And I think I'm coming up on, oh my God, actually I'm right around it. I'm either at six or seven years, like yeah, right that, this week. I'll never, I'll never. And actually given where I'm at age wise, I will never make that in my life. Why? Because I've been in this job for the current role I'm in for like six months. And I don't think I have six years left in me. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's one thing I'm jealous of Alan around. Like he's got like goals and plans for after work. Like to me, it's just like, nope. I surround myself by a bunch of 20 year olds and I kind of pick pick up the same sort of like, oh, we're all going to live forever. And to be fair, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have dreams of sitting around all day doing nothing. I think I will never stop working. I may stop working as much. I may I'll probably go into some sort of consulting, some place where I can really, really make people angry. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of making people angry. Yes. It's a nice, nice segue. Thank you. Thank you. Let's talk about, um, you might have heard about them before, the modern testing principles. Yay! And this is not the first time we've talked about this little or bit boo. of anger. Boo. Yeah. So yeah. wait a minute. They're not modern. Hey. They're not about testing. Yeah, we know. We're dumb. Uh, also, I remember Brent and I putting these together and trying to think. Uh, and again, this is for a lot of people, this is old information. But let's just assume you haven't heard the podcast before for a second, even though there's only three listeners and we know you all. So whatever. Bear with me. We were trying to invent anything. And to be very clear, I bring this up every time I talk about them. We didn't invent anything. We were looking at what was happening to software teams and the testers in the industry going back seven years. 
And we thought, man, this is going to be confusing for people. Let's, uh, well, our attempt was let's talk about what's going on. So it's less confusing. And then sometimes that happens and sometimes we make people more confused, but it gets them talking. Right. And right. when people, when people complain about the principles and say we're dumb and we're full of crap and we're, and we're, um, other words, we welcome you to the conversation because, you know, we don't claim to be right. We don't, we don't, we're not, we will debate and discuss and give you context on where we came from. Right. But then again, people come up to us all the time and say, yeah, this is, this is what we're seeing. Thanks for putting a name for it. So there's that too. So, uh, Way back, anyway, context aside, blah, 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 blah. When we wrote them down, we number seven, the team, paraphrasing, you may get to a stage where the team does no longer needs a dedicated testing professional. We thought that was going to be the one. That was going to be the one people were going to pin us up on a wall about some sort of threats, whatever. But no. Yeah. Oh, my God. But no. Traitors. No, people, yeah. people read that and they go, and this is wild. They go, there may not be need for testers anymore. No, that's not as bad as saying that I don't evaluate quality. What's this? The customer. So principle number five says I should probably read it. Uh, only the I should probably read it. And I'm not because I don't have it in front of me. I'll read it for you. I have it. Oh, hey, Brent, please participate in the podcast and read me principle number five. And then we can talk about it. Oh, thank you. Uh, what a delightful and warm welcome. I appreciate that. God, I am going to barf and then my beer is not going to taste as good. Uh, don't barf on your beer. Um, we believe that the customer is the only one capable to judge and evaluate the quality of our product. I absolutely believe that. And I stand by that principle, but, um, as do I, yeah, yeah. but, uh, had some feedback this week that it's cringeworthy at least. And I stand by it. I mean, there is, I had a nice conversation with the author. I'm not going to name names here or even or the poster or the Twitter thread because I think it's actually a really good point they made. Like if you're, if you're viewing the principles as a tester and those are principles of what testers do, which they're not. And again, goes back to our dumb naming of the thing. And he, here, here's a fly on the wall when modern testing came about. We're trying to come up with a way to talk about the big dedicated test teams and how they test quality. And like Brent and I spent a first trick of our career and we call that last well, traditional testing. So we, but what we want to talk about is holy crap. Um, what is, what's the thing that's not traditional, but it's new and how should we, we'll call it modern testing and it's stuck and it's wrong, well, but it's what, but it's what we called it. Well, I don't have a problem with the name the problem, have, the problem comes from leading people to think they're about testing and looking at it. They get the wrong lens to look at them from. This is around, this is around delivering quality software to customers. Okay. So it depends on if you think of testing. So I stand by, these are more modern testing principles, which means testing in that phrase is an adjective, not a noun. What are the testing principles that are modern? Okay. And I would say this this is our stab at that. I, I get it. I get it. So what's interesting this one is, and again, we welcome the feedback. I'm not, and by no means, if the person who posted is listening, we're not mocking you. I want to bring this up because if you're worried about this, one, you're not the first and you not even the third or the 10th, and you will not be the last person to, to question this one and go, hey, wait a minute. If only... And I'll ask you this, Brent, this, this goes back. Is it episode 56 where we actually 
role play the traditional test manager and the modern test manager? It's in the 50s it, somewhere. 58, 56? I want to I, I want to say it was 57. Could be there too. But let me ask you this, Brent. Yes. If only the customer can evaluate quality, then as a tester on my team, what am I doing? You're evaluating risk. <gasps> So what's the difference between, and again, this is dumb, risk and quality. Well, I evaluate risk. Risk to what? To the Risk to, to the, quality. Ha! Uh, <laughs> oh, it wasn't. No, no, no. Suck it, Brent. It wasn't 57. To answer your question. Which question? <laughs> what episode? What What was it? My question was, oh, my God. Uh, no, you, you, you are asked- incapable of multi-threading. It is 67. 67 oh, I'm was dumb. the debate. Okay. So okay. go back way, way back to 67. Great. So I'm going to ask you. So, so if, as a tester, I, I'm i looking at risk, but it's, it's I'm act, I said it tongue in cheek, but it's true. I'm, I'm evaluating risk of quality. I am trying to make sure I'm doing my best to make sure that I am looking at the software from the eyes of the customer and ensuring that. Do, no, I don't ensure anything. I don't assure quality. I know that. But what I do is I examine the product to learn information about it and evaluate what the customer's experience will be and what kind of quality they'll have and give that feedback to my stakeholders so we make good decisions about delivering a quality product. Barf. Sure. <laughs> Again, a little... I mean, I think yeah, the barf no. is because Brent and I look at software delivery and software quality as a it, it's a team role that if you and you can have a tester on the team but that's not what they do they're helping the team on you know evaluate risk which is right but what we're saying is it is so easy to build the wrong product and you can't build a high quality product you can call it the engineering is good quality we can say we've evaluated our engineering practices we found lots of bugs that customers don't care about but if it doesn't provide any value for our customer and I go back to Weinberg's definition, quality is value to some person. If it doesn't give them, if it doesn't give that customer value, it is by definition not quality. Correct. Correct. I actually think in principle five, there are two, two things that uh, like we've, I don't know, how long have we talked about modern testing principles? Three, four years now? I don't I, the term probably came up four or five years ago. Can't doesn't matter. A long time. In my years, a long time. 67, episode 67 was September 2017. Okay. So coming up on At five. least that long, because that wasn't the first time we talked about it. That no, was, that's the that, first time. That we, wasn't where we coined the term. Modern testing principles happened later. Right. Yeah. But we didn't coin it for that conversation. Anyway, go on. No. No. So two things. Number one, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like even back then, we were saying this is old, and and in conversations that we've had in the podcast recently, right? You, your your discussions around postmodern. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, be- right. <laughs> and and that's just rephrasing those so it sounds even less like the tester saying them. But right. Also, we were seeing just for more context. One of the reasons we talked about this is we saw teams who were getting rid of their testers and failing miserably because they didn't think they didn't have a plan on how to achieve quality without dedicated testers. So we want to talk about that situation as well. Anyway, go on. I think the two things that 
So in in that time, I've been looking at okay, what are the patterns? What what's causing people to to have a negative reaction? Right. Uh, and I'll say there's, in my view, there's sort of three things that that pop out of that one. Number one, and I'm going to go in in probably what I view as the the least impactful order. So the one I see is the least impactful is sort of the semantic discussion around what the hell a customer is. Or what the hell, I mean, I would say equally as much semantic discussion about what quality is, which is why I think Weinberg's is the one used most among the testing community. There's plenty of definitions, but for that one, I think principle five is 100% supported. But anyway, right. go on. Uh, no, my number two was the semantic discussion around quality. I'm inside your head, Brent. Yep, the the that's number two. The and here, I don't know what you do in your stage presence, but whenever I talk about this, I proactively bring up a distinction between quality and code correct. Yes. Right. And a lot of people read this will will interpret quality as a synonym for bugs. And then and then they have a negative reaction. Or oh the my other God. way too. If I'm not if I if I test something, I'm a good test test something for a while and there's no bugs, I would say this is probably pretty good quality. But I don't know if it solves the problem for the but it's code correctness still. Anyway, go right. But but when you when you think of the word quality as a synonym for bugs, then you could very easily interpret number five, right? I'll, I'll just restate it. We believe that the customer is the only one capable to judge and evaluate the bugs in our product, right? Doesn't that sound like, oh, we're saying all of these things, like the customer should test for you, right? It, and and no, all no, of no, these, no, no, no. yeah, it, but that's one misinterpretation. I think that's the second most common one. The third one, the one, I don't know in terms of frequency, but I think this is the one that raises the most heat is because this is this I think about an, an old slide deck from actually Alan on this where he talks about what test believes they are right the champions of quality oh yeah I almost pulled right? out that slide yeah there's this identity within test around that they are the great defenders of the customer yeah okay? Yeah. Um, but, people have said this is bullshit because QA is the voice of the customer. Right. And then it's it's interesting. So you and I talked about this. Uh, did one of the blog posts I did a long time ago. Right. Um, it was it's titled test doesn't understand the customer. Yeah, they don't. It, and I know I just I just made a bunch of people mad. Oh, actually, the people that listen to the podcast aren't mad. The, the other people are. Right. The biggest problem, and when I, I'll let the listeners go and find it, or we can post it in the notes. I mean, that's yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's, and again, that's let, let, let me just put an interlude there because this is not really, this is, I mean, it's where Chris quality is in the, the hands of the beholder from my perspective um, or from it's easy to see a perspective. This is not a quality podcast because I forget to put stuff in the notes all the time. All kinds of things go wrong with the production of this podcast, yet some people find it valuable. Does that mean it's a quality podcast or it's not? It, it depends. For some customers, no, there is value some, and some there is not. So for some, that's it, exactly it. For some, there is value and, and exactly some there isn't. And 
Um, the nice thing, like I think about your specific example, the nice thing about the, the community of the three is they step up and fill the gaps. Yeah. And, right? and, and I do want to point out, I think back to your semantic argument, then I'm going to get, let, step out of the way for you to keep, your, keep on your roll here a bit. The quality one to me is, I think it, that's the, the word that angers people because they don't, they think of quality as, I don't want to put my thoughts in their head, but they see that they don't think of value to the customer. They're thinking about, like you said, code correctness or engineering quality or all the things that testers are really good at finding before things go to production, those obvious bugs, those even those edge case bugs. But in the case of edge case bugs, I was at a conference once and there was a tester there who was super happy because he played with some on-screen display next to a conference room for literally hours and hours and hours and found and then got it to exhibit a bug. We're super proud that the the thing was broken, it was low quality, but uh, in the end, was it? Because it was useful until he really, really tried to screw it up. And I think maybe I'm off too much on a tangent here. Those edge cases may not matter to most customers. Like how many customers, how many times have you found a bug? This will go to, I'm, I'm all over the map here. Oh, a customer would never do that. And we go, ha, they would too. But today we use principle number six because we use data to determine if a customer would actually see that or not. And in the case of this one I'm thinking of from the conference, no, it's not. A, it's probably the only time it ever been triggered. It wasn't a risk to quality. Anyway, go on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop babbling for a minute. Go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, you're absolutely right. Like the the defenders, I was, I was riffing off of sort of the defenders of quality and people can go back and read my story uh, where I came to the conclusion where I actually had a mentor talk to them. And I'm like, hey, why do you think it's very rare where the leader from the test organization becomes the leader for the multidiscipline organization? Right. The, the title we used to use was POM, a product unit manager. And that that mentor was like, oh, that's probably one of the easiest questions uh, I could answer. And he just simply stated, because the test isn't the customer, or the test does not understand the customer. Now I had been a multi-year, multi-year manager by that time, not decade. I might've been a decade by then. God, I'm old. Um, Anyway, the, and I'm like, what total bullshit. Right. Because I was very much in the mode that you talk about in your slide where I'm like, I am the goddamn defender of the customer. I prevent harm to the customer. But what he said is like, oh, well, test doesn't understand the customer. And I sat back and I'm like. I was getting immediately ready to to push back and and call him on his bullshit. And I realized I couldn't. Because I didn't understand the customer. My understanding was a series of requirements. My understanding was a series of theories. We did not have any understanding around, okay, what's the customer going to do with the product? What are their goals? What, what's, what do they need to achieve? How does this thing, like you talk about Weinberg, I, and I, I've brought it up here before, um, like a, one of my favorite quotes from the Poppendikes, where Tom Poppendike is said, says a lot of software engineering teams 
fail to understand that no customer ever in the history of the planet has ever wanted software. What they want is their problems to go away. And so if, if you're in test and if you are not, and you do not have a non-theoretical engagement with the customer, and if we define quality as the ability, either a value proposition to someone or, or the ability to make problems go away, if you're not connected to the customer, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't see how you can defend that you're a customer advocate. It's an attempt to be a, a proxy, and the intent is right, but it doesn't actually... You doesn't don't make actually, it true. Yeah, it doesn't make it true. And, but what you said is also why that principle number six is so important, why we think you have to be able to look at that data to help you understand the customer. And again, without that even, if you're not look, if you are using the data to help understand the customer, you can get closer at least, but you're still not the customer. There is another definition of quality I want to bring up. Uh, Philip Crosby in a book called Quality is Free said that quality is conformance to requirements. So if I were to t- let me let me come back on that because I don't believe I believe that statement is right with two more words, maybe mm. one more phrase, a few more words. Uh, but if quality is, is just conformance to requirements, if there are requirements developed by a product team given to a development team to implement, and as a tester I verify those requirements have been fulfilled, have I built a quality product? And don't answer because I think the answer is no, and hopefully the answer is no. I've built a product that works as planned. But again, the caveat I put on Crosby's definition is, is I believe that I actually believe that quality is conformance to requirements, but also that only the customer can define those requirements. I like, I'm trying to think through where we, oh, I like how we talk about it in number six, right? Where we say we use that extensively, the second half of number six. We use that extensively to deeply deeply understand the customer usage and then close the gaps between product hypotheses and business impact. Requirements are nothing more than hypotheses. And you can. And I am a data scientist now. I can tell you in the last year, I have run through multiple experiments and uh, I can guess. I, I, I don't even, I'm, my brain just got stuck because I'm trying to guess how many times. Uh, I'll just say it this way. The dominant experience, when you go through that, in, at least for me in the last year, is these hypotheses are almost always fail, right? And it's an eye-opening when you go, wow, 15 years ago, these would have been requirements. We would have implemented them. Whereas right now I'm going through and I'm doing hypothesis tests and I'm like, oh, that one failed. Oh, that one failed. Oh, yay, that one worked. Oh, no, that one failed. That one failed. It's it's a different world. And for me, like no one's ever going to, to get me to, based on my recent experience, no one's ever going to get me to back off on principle number five at least from the perspective in which I interpret it. I Again, I want to reiterate, I love the controversy. 
And I had a conversation with the person who, who brought this up on Twitter and and they get it now within context and they understand where we're coming from. And the fact that it's not obvious at first is fine with me. Uh, but it's interesting to see people. Our uh, goal it, 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 equates a, it, it, it creates a very interesting debate. And I didn't jump in because there's people on that thread who I find are toxic to the community who I refuse to engage with. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I did not engage in the thread. I talked to the person personally and had a nice cordial conversation and, and tried to just show them where we were coming from. And it was great, but there's a good debate on both sides. People supporting us, people, you know, saying, oh my God, they're all cringeworthy. How can testing improve the business? That's not our job. Yeah, that one, that one I didn't, I, I didn't quite understand the point. I read the threads as well. I'm like, the goal of what we're trying to do here, and, and we have done it and it's, it's, to me, it's somewhat even fascinating that even as recent as yesterday, like it, it's still doing this. It, it, the goal is to construct a conversation. Yep. Well, welcome to the conversation. What we like to say. Hey, I want to. I want to. Uh, but sorry, but hopefully not a polarizing one. No, which hopefully I not. I don't feel this one did. No, I, I. I like the conversation. I love that people tell us we're full of crap. Um, because yeah. sometimes we are, but it also makes us think about, well, what is wrong with this? Should we reward it? Should we should we add more context? And it's tough. One comment in there, I don't remember who made it, because I'm not saying names here, but it was really cool. He said, someone said, something to the gist of, Deming would hate all of these. And I thought, huh, I used to read Deming. I, Deming is uh, famous for total quality management. I want to talk a little bit about Deming's 14 points on quality management in relation to the modern testing principles. And I don't know if you've read these before. I'm going to give you, I'm not going to go through all 14, but I am going to uh, give you a couple. And then I want you to tell me if I want your reaction to these in the context of modern testing. Okay. I'm just going to go, should I go in order for the ones I care about? Let me try this one. I'm not going to go in order. Break down barriers between staff areas. <laughs> We're all about getting everyone together. It's about a, a quality culture. Yeah. We're breaking. That is the modern principles are all about breaking down barriers between staff okay. areas. Now, one, one thing. So I didn't see that comment. Do you think they were serious or do you think they might have been tongue in cheek? I don't know. But, man, I, I want to talk about these because they've never talked about Deming and yep. modern testing principles for let me. And you can just recall back, I said this earlier, why we first started the podcast and talk about these things. One of the things in Deming's 14 points on quality management is drive out fear. Yep. Right. Which which is why principle number seven is kind of written the way it is. I don't think we fully succeeded in that one. Like that one is the one that does scare a lot of people, but we tried to soften it to, to sort of guide like what you need to do. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Can you read the first six words of principle number three? We are a force for continuous improvement. Okay. Let me, let me read you number 13 from Deming's 14 points on quality Institute, a vigorous program of education and self-improvement for everyone. I'm looking at a different version of it and maybe they've collapsed it, but the one I'm looking at says improve constantly and forever. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Uh, you know, I don't claim to be a Deming by any means, but I would say also it's worth calling out that Brent and I did not make these in a vacuum. We just didn't sit in a room one day and decide these are the modern testing principles that will drive the world. These are a description of what was going on based on what we were seeing, based on our study of Eric Reese and the Lean Startup and that method of movement, highly on just lean principles in general. A lot of it comes from there, but uh, it's interesting. The uh, just I don't. I, I think Deming would be supportive. Is, is my yeah, hypothesis. I, I don't, I don't. And maybe that person was tongue in cheek, but it made me look it up and it made me think about it and, and start this conversation. Oh, the, so no matter what, thank you. So let me read you one of them that I'm seeing. Okay. It, so I'll, I'll just summarize. I'll just go through them. Number one, create a constant purpose towards improvement. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I care about that. All right. Adopt, Modern testing. Well, wait, wait. So He's got another one called Adopt the New Philosophy. Okay. Right. But this, the sub bullet underneath that is embrace quality throughout the organization. Oh, you mean like having a quality culture? Yeah. Okay. Just checking. Okay. And, and put another sub bullet under the new philosophy. Put your customer needs first. Huh. huh. Interesting. Huh. Lucky. I could, well, right there, I could see why Deming would wait. No, maybe I can't. Uh, Number three, stop depending on inspections. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> huh. Inspection. Maybe, maybe we can't test quality in anymore. Oh, <laughs> no, no. This is like the summary here. Oh, oh, oh I'm going to read all of these. I'm going to stop depending. Inspections are costly and unreliable. They don't improve quality. They merely find the lack of it. Build quality into the process from start to finish. Well, this goes back to the the fight that that I'll call it faux argument against principle one. Like testers don't improve the business, or testing doesn't improve. They say testers, well, they should, and testing does improve the business. The so what they're saying, and and there's someone else I'm forgetting their name that has the same sort of point. Oh, um, we talked about it with the with the podcast with Al Shalloway, the the system the systems theory guy mm -hmm. removing bugs does not add quality removing bugs does not add quality you're, you're making some enemies now man no i i'm just saying i'm telling you i'm telling you we're gonna get mail <laughs> no we don't get mail we're gonna get tweets who sends That's email fine. anymore what's the we're without um, that old use statistical methods <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I so love this guy. I, I'm going to go ahead and assume that Deming is a fan of the show or Deming uh, would have been a fan of the show. That there's one thing, there's one thing in his principles that I'm not certain how it adapts to us. Okay. And that is one of the principles is use a single supplier for any one item. And I'm like, oh, that's a rough um, one. Does not apply. Use training on the job, implement leadership, eliminate fear, break down barriers between departments, get rid of unclear slogans, eliminate management by objectives. Oh, that's a good one. Remove barriers to pride of workmanship. So craftsmanship is yeah, well, absolutely important. Yeah, and we're not saying that the modern testing principles and Deming's quality objectives are the same. We are saying no. that the ones that overlap are supportive. And in fact, I would say none of these, none of these are conflicting. 
with Deming's principles? No, I, I, I think Deming, if he were to evaluate modern, just, just to be fair, I think, I think we would experience it very similar to the blog post we got from, from uh, Lisa Crispin and I'm, her partner that I'm, I'm Janet Gregory. Thank you, Janet. Right. When they addressed it and, and essentially the feedback is that it doesn't see a problem. It's sort of a semblance of we didn't go far enough or there's that we're not entirely complete. That was kind of. The, oh, for sure. The, for sure. Right? We, we never claimed to be. No, but I do think in general, like I don't see a lot of evidence that Deming would in fact, I think Deming would fully support what we've written there. Yeah, that's an interesting call out. It is, it is. But what I would maybe to put a cap on this is what I want to thank the person who had a who was thought the principle was cringeworthy for starting a discussion on it because I love it. Yeah. And thanks for being uh, you know, just cordial to me, establishing context over DMs and Twitter and and uh, they're going through my modern the modern testing course on on ministryoftesting.com, which is available. And what I started to do is, as you know, um, maybe just a little bit of business here live, so for context, is uh, Brent and I, this is not, we don't do this for any other, what, we just like talking about this stuff and we hope it helps a few people. Uh, we're not in it to make money. Occasionally we'll do an ad. I do this ministry testing course. We uh, donated some money last year to um, a couple of worthy causes. We have a little bit of a bank account from money I've received from talks around modern testing. So anything I, I do around modern testing, I just put that money back into our our A-B testing account and we'll use that for good causes, scholarships, hopefully someday. So with the course, uh, there's a new option from modern te- from Ministry of Testing, which is great. When they I get my dividends for the course every quarter, I just donate them straight back because Ministry of Testing is freaking awesome and they... I know they'll put it to absolutely good use to improve the community and just, just big fans. So those of you that take in the course, even I love it. You take in the course and you go, wait a minute, I'm on day one and I hate it, but I'm going to keep taking it and see where it goes. Thank you for doing that. I think it's great. And then if you have conversation about it, uh, there is a forum on ministry of testing, but if you want to bring it to Twitter and have us get involved there or, 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 you can go to one of the three And if you want an invite, all you have to do is go to moderntesting.org and pay how much money, Brent? Zero. Zero. We don't do that. We don't do that stuff. So if actually, if you want to go to anchor and, uh, you know, be a, some, whatever anchors version of Patreon is, you can just know if you want to do that, you can, we never ask for it. Uh, and I'm not asking for it now, but if you feel obliged, you go, Oh my God, this is so great. I want these guys to just to determine where they're going to donate money for me. If that's like a thing, uh, we can do that for you. All our proceeds. In fact, we would be a nonprofit org, except that requires way too much paperwork. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm super lazy, super lazy. (laughs) Now it, if someone wants to, if one of the three wants to sign up and set that up, yeah, we'll, we'll support that. But yeah, no, yeah, I'm, no, I, we I, don't. I'm way lazy. So anyway, uh, we'll, yeah, that's, we're not a, no, it's too much work. I got to file paperwork. Yeah. If someone wants to do that, if one of the three happens to be an accountant and wants to set us up as a full-time uh, nonprofit, whatever those letters, numbers, the combination that is, we can do that. But anyway, we're here for you 
And so if you want to engage with us, have conversations, disagree with us, fight with us, you can do so on Twitter. You can do so with me because Brent's never on Twitter anymore. You can do so in one of the three.slack.com. Go to moderntesting.org again and get there. If you want to, uh, no, don't come to my house. That'd be weird. Um, how else should they engage with us? Is that it? Kind of Twitter or I, Slack? I think Twitter and Slack are the, the best ones. Yeah, but we, you know, welcome to the conversation. We're happy to be, you know, we're going to argue our side, but tell us how we're wrong. We're not going to, we're not going to get mean. We're not going to start pulling out random philosophical points. We're just going to talk about the context where we're coming from and make it to a point we agree or disagree. And that's cool too. Yeah, it, it, it's, I would, I would say if you want to have a conversation, have a conversation. Oh, no. If you want to, if you want to shout at us, you know, um, find Alan on LinkedIn. Yeah. Hey Brent, I lied. <laughs> there is one more way that oh you can converse with us. There is Twitter and the Slack, but for, if you're up for it again, you know, from our interview shows, we don't, we're not mean, but if you want to come on the podcast and have like a longer in conversation about this, we're, we're reasonable and nice. So we're happy to have almost, almost <laughs> anyone on the podcast. I can think of one previous guest we're going to say no to. And it's not Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie is welcome anytime. In fact, I should just give her the link. It'd be great if she just showed up and said hi for like 10 minutes once in a while. Like she's free on a Saturday in Australia. Kind of shows up and goes, hey, Brent and Alan, how you doing? And I'm we'll check in to- for a little bit. And she can get us a few more downloads like she did last time. And she can go back to her day. I'm happy to to I'd, I'd be happy to do that for almost all of the. Yeah, in fact, um, if either one of us can't make it, we, the other one should just do the podcast with Amory. Ooh, another A. <laughs> all right, I can. I can't make it. I'm on vacation. Hey everyone, it's Anne Marie, and I'm Brent, and it's the AB Testing Podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, except for if you're on vacation. Oh, right. I, I have the recording equipment. We're kind of we're kind of screwed. Yeah, the no, the only thing I don't know if you've forgotten this. I still have this. What? Oh, this is. Um, I need to look at this for the. I think we're gonna close here in a second. But I've been looking all over my house for the good microphone, and I think uh, Brent has it with him. What does that microphone say on it? Are they the same? Are those both? Oh, the one in the middle. What does that say? It says sure beta eighty. 80- 58. Yeah, that's my good mic. That's the beta 58. That's yeah, he's licking it. (laughs) That's the really good mic I wanted that I couldn't find. I tore my house apart forgetting you had that bag. I got a couple cheap mics and one beta 58. Were you looking for an itty bitty C cable? Um, I wasn't looking for it, but I knew you had it. No, all right. Okay, man. Well, someday, someday, why don't I, you know what? Here's the geeky part. And as we close here, I usually play D&D right after this podcast. So uh, my, my Friday D&D game has been gone for about four years, maybe five years. So uh, but someday we should record a podcast together, like in the same room. Oh, you want to do that again? We could do we could do that again someday. And I can get my shit back. Yeah. All right. You know what? People are bored. And so we should uh, just this was fun. Maybe just call it a day and uh, let everybody get on with their lives. What do you think, Brent? Fantastic. All right. Well, this was fun. Again, we appreciate your feedback. We love your feedback. Thank you so much. And I hope you found some interest or excitement in here. And some of you are going, oh, my God, I got to go find this thread on Twitter. Believe me, this conversation. I mean, the thread's fine, but the conversation is what matters. Thank you, everyone, if you've listened this far. And thank you, Brent, for 
enduring our con- I, would, I don't know what what did you bring to the table this time? I showed up. Yeah, Same and you thing. had better you had a better Deming page than I did too, so that's good. Uh, yeah, and I had perspective. Yeah, I don't have that. I'm just a crotchety old man. Okay, <laughs> I am crotchety old Alan. And I'm not. All right, I'll see you later. Bye. Au revoir. <laughs>